Yo, Fun Uncle back for episode 9. Uh, it's your Fun Uncle Jude here with your Fun Uncle Brandon. Brandon, how you doing? Alright. Alright. It's starting know. to get cold. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. The first time we sat in here, we were talking about how the garage is painfully hot and Vegas is the worst. We're only a couple weeks in after and now we're all bundled up in the same fucking garage. <laughs> Actually, like, it's not too bad in the garage. Like, it's worse outside... Like, this isn't, so far, it doesn't feel like a garage that'll get, like, dreadfully cold. Nah, it's good and crisp. I like this right now. This is the good shit. This is when it's nice around here. Yeah, like, me personally, as a bigger guy, I much prefer the cold than the heat. Just because when you're a big guy, you can bundle up. (laughs) You know, fucking add layers, I don't give a fuck. Because in winter, everyone looks fat. (laughs) um but uh our last up you know last episode uh we had on election night and this week i guess technically we have a winner Huh, it depends on what outlets you follow on your phone and what, you know, if you have a bunch of people that lean a certain way. Projected winner, I should yeah, say. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I yeah, I just mentioned a second ago that I'm not really... I actually haven't been too dialed into it. But last I heard, I saw Rudy Giuliani talking about It's Far From Over and a uh, little inside stuff about... Trump's not going without a fight, which, you know, you could see that coming for a mile. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's going to go without a fight. Of course not. If, I mean, shit. We'll see. We'll see. He'll definitely be drug out, kicking and screaming. That was the quote, right? That's what I. That's what everyone says? Yeah. He said, they're like going to have to child. drag me out of here, kicking and screaming. Fucking guys, fucking about it. <laughs> here's, yeah. <laughs> here's, here's the thing, like, people claiming voter fraud... Like, I've seen even Fox News, like, cut people off that try to bring that up because it's, like, do you know how difficult it would be to pull off any sort of voter fraud? Like, everything is public record. Um, All the quote-unquote video evidence I've seen is either a cropped video. Uh, There was one where I saw where, like, this person was like, see, they're writing in um, votes for Biden and that simply wasn't the case, because if you look at the full video, there's a, a Democratic, um, what do they call the fucking, the, the watchers? Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I forgot what the, what, the, what the actual term is for them, but the people that are basically watching over to make sure there's nothing shady going on. There was a Democrat one, and there was a Republican one. And what the guy was doing was he wasn't writing fucking, he wasn't writing in or sort of filling in the bubble for, for Biden, he was redoing somebody's um, ballot because the machine fucked it up. So he was just doing, a, like, another one so the machine so it'll, the machine will take it and count that vote. Like, beyond the obvious fake video evidence I've seen, um, you don't see anything. You only hear of accusations or you hear of, oh, oh, no, that's not true because I just saw 
uh, um, what's her name? Tommy Lauren. Lauren is that her name? Mm, um, yeah. Uh, interview somebody that looked like some fucking. You know, it was all like silhouette. Sound like, <laughs> the sound monster like, voice and all that. Yeah, sound like the fucking the, the bad guy from Inspector Gadget. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's like, come on. You know, if you know something, get out there. You don't do that shit. You know, from the fucking shadows. Um, but like I was telling you a little bit ago, I just I just want this all to be over with. You know, like. I was I was not a Trump supporter, even though I have been a Republican since uh, the day I fucking registered to vote when I was eighteen. Um, to me, as a whole, we like our nation just looks weak as fuck. And if somebody were to start some shit, I feel like now would be the fucking time. There's always a season, you know what I mean, where that where it, it seems obvious, a great opening for something like that. I saw a couple quotes from a BBC talking about world leaders being concerned with if, you know, America, which is still, you know, the template for high democracy, if we're over here screaming about this is tampered, this is bullshit, this isn't working out, this is all nonsense, this is all fake. It doesn't do very well for the struggling countries that are trying to gain that sort of thing, you know, democracy, and then any sort of leaders that are trying to keep their public from having that. It's easy for them to go like, see, look at it. It's bullshit. You're lucky to have me. (laughs) Gives guys like Putin, you know, a nice little, see, it's better this way. um, Yeah, I don't know. Voter fraud. I I don't, the internet is gnarly, dude. I I've seen a bunch of the videos, all that kind of stuff, but who knows what's what. It's tough to... The glitches that I saw, everyone's claiming this happened. The machine actually registered this, when it was really that sort of thing. Like, eh, I don't know. I, uh... I, I, yeah, I just mentioned, like, Mitch. Mitch Rich reta- Mitch retained his spot. So everybody hollering about how Joe's going to ruin everything. It's like, yeah, I don't know. He's going to have to convince a couple of people that have been pretty cool about shit. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it. If you're one of those people that thinks Joe's going to ruin everything, just remember Clarence Thomas and Mitch McConnell are sitting up there. So good luck ruining everything. I think people need to chill out. I think that is kind of an overarching like theme. A lot of people... Not like, I don't know a ton of like diehard, like super Trump people like you hear about, but I know like Trump supporters that voted for him, they're not crazy and they're not racist or gnarly, none of that shit you hear about. They're pretty regular folks and uh, they're just kind of like, fuck it, give it to Joe. Well, you know, well, I gotta go to work, I got shit to do. And they, they mentioned the same stuff. I mean, you know, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. So hopefully, with the House and the Senate being what it is, Joe projected to win. It'd be a nice opportunity for some bipartisan legislation. A little bit of that, you know, kumbaya between the sides (laughs) rather than this pretty gnarly four years we've had. Yeah, it's it's amazing how divided we are. I mean, because fuck, like, you know, nobody, like, 
even back in um, 2008 and 2012, you know, once once Barack got the nod, you know, everything wasn't all crazy. You know, it was just like, oh, I don't, I don't feel the right person won, but it was, you know, you kind of went on business as, as usual. Um, and now it's like, you know, my guy didn't win, fuck that. Or, um, you know, if you're, if you're the left, like, you know, you can't let Trump win, blah, blah, blah. It's like, who, like, it doesn't matter, like, whoever wins, they have to, you know, do right by the American people. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think Donald did terrible. You know, did he do, did he do all the stuff that he, um, claimed? No, but nobody ever fucking does. You know, I I can even forgive the, you know, I'm going to build a wall and Mexico's going to pay for it bullshit. Um, just because, you know, a lot of things he said, it's like, like, yeah, like you, like you, I'm sure that, I'm sure you think you sound fucking badass saying it, but, I mean, come on now, let's be, let's be realistic, you know, people are still waiting for Hillary to be arrested, and for fucking Barack to be arrested, like, nothing happened. The stuff that's going on now has nothing to do with who was sitting in the Oval Office because it was going to happen regardless, unfortunately. Um, so all the civil unrest and everything, you can't even like blame Trump. Like, you know, I, I, do people I? People were pissed off before Trump. I think people yeah. have such they're so short sighted. I think for a lot of people, like their political understanding starts in 2016 (laughs) like seriously like they don't there's not a big there's not a lot of context there's not a lot of like history locked into their mind there's not a lot of high understanding of how politics have been ran how the last couple administrations have been it's like trump started all this shit is like i don't know if that's exactly true because i'm not a huge like trump guy i don't i don't i don't think he's the fucking monster everybody talks about no i don't think he's like the worst president ever it's like i don't know man he's not I, the brightest but he's not the worst well i i think here there's two things i always think of that's worth mentioning when it comes to trump is uh i think the way that i like understood his rhetoric what i process it like a fucking stand-up comedian you know what I mean? Like, you listen to, like, an Amy Schumer, her bit, her whole thing on stage. That she sleeps around, she drinks, she's this, she's that. That broad is, like, a touring professional who writes and produces. And to, Like, you think she's sitting around drinking boxes and boxes of wine day in, day out? Do you think her onstage persona is what's really happening behind closed doors when she's conducting business? And I think that... It was just healthier for me to... I mean, it wasn't something I chose to do. It was just how I processed it. It was like, he's just doing his fucking thing. He would say some shit and people lose their mind. It's like, you really understood it like that? Because I, I understood it like this. Yeah, but see, like that, that that's the thing about that. Like, like, a lot of people put their support behind Trump. Because, like, 
Like you could ask somebody like, oh, like why, like why Trump? Because he means what he says, and then like he'll say some shit. And he goes, well, he didn't mean it like that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, no, I hear that. The um, I don't think those are the same people that say that. I think the people that say they mean what he says, and then he says something ridiculous. They're like, yeah, that's what he fucking meant. This, this, and that. Like, get over it. I think there's a lot of like. Uh, political correctness that's been waiting to boil over since i was a little kid remember that was, that was like the first little when you said something a little outlandish and you'd be like oh is that, is that not pc is that not politically oh, correct yeah. that was that that's been when that's like an elementary school kind of comeback thing then you know it's gonna boil over in real time soon because the kids are already understanding that to get that it's getting a little ridiculous then it is <laughs> the um yeah, I don't know. The president doesn't really. It, 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 like I said, if Joe's got it, then that's fine. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. That's another time about the short sightedness of people that are just getting into politics since Trump started his na- his game. The um, you never had a political opinion in your life. I've sat at mad dinner tables with people who never said shit about politics, never worried about it. Didn't care, didn't have one opinion. Now all of a sudden, they're full-time commentators with high authority and confidence. It's like, careful with that. (laughs) Careful with that. And check yourself. If you've noticed, like, I never made one political comment in my entire life before 2016. Like, that's something worth investigating with yourself. If you're not old enough to vote, shut the fuck up. Like, I don't want to hear it. I'm like that with a lot of stuff, though. I mean, it's a shame how revered the youth is in this nation when there's old people that have, like, done shit. There's a meme that I saw that was kind of funny. It was just, like, supposed to be this older, uh, like, Eastern European woman talking about communism's horrible, socialist shit starts this way, and then this she's trying to, like, lay out the blueprint for how a nation falls for that. And... At the bottom was this kid who's just like, okay, boomer. Like, totally dismissed. Like, this woman fucking lived through it, dog. Like, you can't just dismiss that stuff. Instead, we, we take the uh, we take the ideals of people who've never really done anything in this department. And, and we take their opinion really, really, really high. It's kind of gnarly. The uh, I always think of that. Some Russian philosopher said something cool like that. The uh, You can always... You check the you check a nation by who it values, sort of thing. You know, like you look at the kind of the people, the heroes of our day, and it's like, oof, those are the ones, huh? Those are the ones with all the. <sighs> okay, you know it's like that. It's like that old Chappelle joke. Like, Where's Jaw? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't want to hear what the fuck Jaw Rule thinks right now, dude. Yeah, that's what I think of when people quote. Celebrities, athletes. I'm not one of those fucking stick to your art type shit. Like, you have a platform, you're an individual, this is America, so, you know, toot your horn. I think it's just, I think it'd be better for the American public to understand who's who. There's like political commentators, there's social uh, scientists, there's economists. Like, there's people that have dedicated their lives to these avenues of thought. I'm not sure if basketball players, football players, and fucking recording artists are the ones to go to. Like I said, there's other adults that have dedicated their lives to these kind of thinkings. 
and maybe listen to what they say, you know? Right, and that's not like that's not a knock like, you know, because I've heard people say the exact same thing, and like people's right here, and I'm like, oh, like, like oh, you you wouldn't listen to LeBron is because he's black? Like, no, it's because he's fucking LeBron James, and he doesn't have a fucking political science degree, and he hasn't been in fucking Washington for twenty fucking years. Like, he's been great on the fucking court. Like, you know, like, has nothing to do with the color of somebody's skin or what they do, other than the fact that they don't, they haven't been in the mix for a really long time. You know? Seek people out for where their, you know, where their worth is at. Dude, his business acumen, he's like an amazing investor. Dude, there's a laundry list of things about LeBron where I'm like, damn, dude, that's crazy. Think of how young he was when he got rich. Think... Of like the potential he had to live up to, and he's had the same wife this whole time. No gnarly scandals. Apparently, he's a pretty decent dad. It's like that's not shit to like raise your nose at. But when I hear him talk other stuff, I'm just like, oh man, I don't agree with that whatsoever. And it has like yeah, like dude just said, that's got nothing to do with him being a black man. It's just it's a fucking basketball player. Like there's other folks whose opinion I hold in a much higher space than. A basketball player, you know? Like, yeah. I, I don't know another way to say it. I yeah, don't think it's rude or fucking anything like asshole. It's just, you know, there's better folks. Yeah. You know, it's funny as last week, I think it might have been on election day or the day before the election, um, uh, Colby Covington tweeted. Um, that fucking guy's begging for it. He, he tweeted, uh, keep politics out of sports. It's like, your whole fucking thing your is whole politics, gimmick. you goon. Yeah, you fucking MAGA hat wearing bitch. That's what I mean. Like, it's just there's so many things where it's like, uh, just how you project your opinion is one thing. Like, I bet you if I sat down quietly and mapped out positions, I bet you me and Kobe agree on a ton of things. It's just the way he does it. I'm just kind of like, oh, you fucking bummer. <laughs> That's a, there's a lot of that, you know. Yeah, some people have the fucking. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw up my, I'm gonna throw up my fist in the air and you're gonna listen to what I have to say and some somebody some people are like you know hey like why do you think this let's let's talk let's let's talk about that you know like it's much easier to digest when you're having a conversation rather than listen to somebody just yell in your direction. I've mentioned it a hundred times in my life, but even on this podcast several times, like I don't think it's healthy to have like a confident opinion of somebody you don't do life with if you don't share the living room the dinner table if you're not day in and day out with that person and you understand what their life is like you have a little bit of context for what their day-to-day is like you can accurately walk a mile in their shoes then maybe you got a little bit of like you know leverage you got a little bit of space to work with if you have an opinion about them but so much talking about other people you don't fucking know at all. It's bananas. It's crazy to me. It's a little scary. I got some folks that I know that are all super worried about like the future. It's not going to be the same America. Da 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 da. Calm down. I mean, that's that's fine. Like, you know, America shouldn't be stagnant. Or complacent. Well, like, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's the Jordan Peterson thing that I bring up to folks all the time. Like he put it out so well. It's something I always like. 
I always kind of had this in my mind. He said this in a couple of things where he goes, you don't know how many people walk up to me and go, you say things that I've thought my whole life I just didn't know how to articulate. And this is something like in a political sphere that I always thought was like super interesting and so valuable to understand right now. We were just talking, I was just talking to our niece about this. We're like, you need to have a healthy understanding of both sides and you have to have a respect for it. Like these people that have a conservative nature, their nature shows them that, you know, these hierarchies, these social hierarchies are necessary and good. And conservative people, people that where their nature is just leans conservative, they want to preserve this hierarchy because it's a good thing. It keeps shit going. It's organized. It's structured. It's beautiful. But with every hierarchy, there's inevitably going to be some people that aren't well represented. And that's where like the liberal left comes from. They look at these disenfranchised groups and they want proper representation and they grab the conservatives and go, hey, your structure's fucked up over here. We need to work on that. So there should always be a healthy tension between right and left, conservative and liberals, because that tension is what keeps like a nation flourishing. There's a healthy structure that's under, you know, improvements. And you see how, you know, a good, a cool little example of that is when you look at the Declaration, the Bill of Rights, and then amendments. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's structured for such tension. And I think when people grab a side and then cast the other side as evil or trying to ruin the country, it's like, careful, dude. There's utility in both sides, and it needs to be understood and respected. So I try to go that route whenever this kind of stuff comes because it gets real... And, you know, that toxic tribalism we've mentioned before. It's like, careful with that, dude. Careful. That guy just has a different nature. Yeah. You know, I have a conservative nature. So when I see a system that works well, my nature is when I hear kids go, burn it to the fucking ground. We need to rewrite it. They do little Joe Rogan jokes about how, you know, the declaration was written in a, with a fucking feather. You know, it needs to be updated. I'm like, careful with that. I have a conservative nature. So when I hear that, I go, ooh, careful with that. But I understand that there is a liberal bend. There is a, a healthy understanding to change where it should be kind of looked at, tampered with, and reconciled to match the current landscape. But I don't think none of that works out if you don't have that understanding and uh, appreciation for the utility of both sides. So I worry about that a little bit. Young people that don't take that kind of considerations and just overall America's bad. I don't I'm not a huge fan of that. Like I get the beef. I understand what's going on and what's the trouble, but when I hear just an overall it's an oppressive nation, it's built off the backs of it's like, dude, fucking breathe for a second cuz we can go slow with all that and go through some bring in again. Context is king. All these criticisms, we can contextualize it, and it, it's not that bad. America doesn't fucking suck, man. And going back to what you said earlier, if you're not old enough to vote, I don't want to hear it. it. That's in the same vein as if you never, you've never held down a fucking job, you've never started a business, you've never been in a long-term relationship, you've never sacrificed, you've never compromised, like you've never done these really, really adult things that you know it takes discipline to do well. If you've never been a part of these things or subject yourself to these sorts of things, then how valuable is your your opinion, you know? And a lot of kids, not because of, you know, not a value judgment on them, but they're just young. They haven't 
been through a couple of jobs. They haven't been paying bills. They haven't struggled. They haven't tried to make ends meet for themselves. Like, if you haven't done much with your life, keep that in mind before you start shouting about shit so confidently. Right. These young folks say some shit sometimes where I'm like, where do you get the fucking balls to talk like that? It kind of blows me away. Fucking put down the Molotov, Brogan. <laughs> the, um... Yeah, I think everything's going to be fine. And if I see a change in, uh, like I said, a lot of my, uh, like, Trumpish buddies, they are just kind of, they're over it. They're over the beef. They'd rather, I mean, in a word, they are patriots. You know what I mean? Like, they're paid, they're, their guy lost, and they're like, okay, cool. This guy's in. Let's, let you know, they're about keeping America number one. Yeah. I don't know why that's, a, that's another thing I hear young people say, where they're like embarrassed or like ashamed, or they think it's evil to have that sentiment in mind. American exceptionalism, America's number one. Like, if you say that out loud, there's, you know, there's a group of young people that'll like take offense to that. It's like, you're fucking American, bro. Like, you're on the team. Like, shouldn't you want America to be number one? Like... And that's when I think that misconception of history and how this whole place is like an evil built on oppressive nation sort of thing, where when they, you know, they have that in their head as that's what this country is. So when they hear this country's number one, they're like, ooh, that's fucked up. It's like, uh, there's so much to unpack. It, it's a lot, dude. I get, I get dizzy just thinking about the road, you know? Everyone just needs to act like, like fucking Cowboys fans. Like, even though you know your team sucks, you're like, this is our year. <laughs> well, I remember that being like a uh, like a pretty like popular like sentiment when Trump first got in, where they're like, you know, I'm not rooting against him, but you know, I'm not happy about it. I just, you know, what, what was the analogy? The you're not ever you're, you're not ever hoping that the fucking captain is shitty. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like, you know, you you hope you hope the pilot of your plane. You know, you don't hope that he fucks up. He's he's in control. You know, I'm you know I, I I'm not I'm not a Democrat. I'm a Republican. Even though I I've never I I didn't vote for him in 2016, but I was like, let's just see how this goes. You know, mm. um, I, I wasn't going to support him this year had I been able to vote. Um, but one thing that kind of that I do feel good about. Um, Biden and I was or am by any means a Joe Biden supporter. It was more of just, you know, like I wasn't going to support Trump. I would have voted for Andrew Yang. Um, but anyway, uh, the, the the one thing that Biden has said and, and he's re- he's repeatedly said, uh, even even during his uh, his time campaigning, was he wasn't going to be a a, a Democratic president. He was going to be an American president. He's not going to be a president for just uh, Democrats. You know, it's a position of leadership for all of America. It's, it's like, oh, dude, I hope so. That was another thing I mentioned with our niece as well. I was like, you know, the youth has been pretty critical of Donald Trump and Kamal Harris. There's, there's, there's things to keep an eye out, and I, I I wonder if they're gonna get put under the same magnifying glass that the youth put Donald under, and probably not, cause Donald's a brash kind of a prick. So it's like it's he's an easy guy to be like fuck that guy. 
But again, you know, if you're being fair and objective and you really want the best for the nation, like just because your guy won doesn't stay on him, man. Make sure he does the right shit. Make sure it doesn't go a little insane. But see, that's what I mean. When I say a little insane, some people go, dude, that's exactly what we're trying to get around here. It's like, ugh. All right, man. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Hope it works out, bro. You know, just like if, if, you know, if Joe gets off to a rocky start, don't turn a fucking blind eye to it. You know, like it's it's okay to admit, like, oh man, like, yeah, he's 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 kind of had a rough go, but you know, hopefully he turns it around. Um, you know, and, and, and I'm sure um, uh, Kamala or Kamala, however you fucking pronounce her name, um, she's gonna be under a microscope too, just because. Uh, a, you know, a first uh, woman vice president. She's kind of not under a microscope, though, dude. There's a lot of people, a lot of girls I know that I'm, like, really good friends with, fucking family with, dude. They're, like, like pretty big fans, and I, I kind of I don't understand it. Like, without being same. a dick, I'm just kind of like, same. she's an amazing role model for my daughter. I'm like... Is she though? Like, mm. what the fuck are you guys talking about? Yeah, but but I get it, dude. Woman of color, vice president, dude. I get the things to high five about, but let's go over the paperwork real quick, dude. Are you really super stoked on her? I think okay. that's why she is going to be under your microscope. Um, I would say more so than Joe because yes, you have like those people that are just like fawning over her and everything, and I think they'll be keeping a close eye because. You know, they're they're gonna want her to do well and be they're kind of be kind of you know squinting hoping she doesn't fucking say or do something stupid um and then you're gonna have of course uh the people that just hate her guts whether it's the fact that she's a colored person or the fact that she's a woman uh or both you know um is that really a thing is that yes. really like a high percentage thing yes there's people walking around there just like i hate her because she's colored i just i don't fucking I mean, I grew up in Las Vegas, which is one of the most diverse fucking cities on the planet. And so I, maybe I just, maybe that landscape is just so foreign to me. Just, I don't see people, that kind of brand. I've always said, like, real racism is terrifying, dude. If people are walking around and you think that you can judge a person or that you can, that there's like a value structure just on the characteristic of race and color. That's fucking terrifying, but I think most racism we hear out loud isn't racism like I'm talking about. It's mostly just lazy name calling. Someone fucks you over in traffic and it's a black guy. There's an easy word to just, it, there's a go-to word. Do you think in your head that, oh man, I think that all people that are of this race are better, have more value than people of this race? I don't think there's that much thinking into into the... That guy's racist. That was racist. I, don't, I think he was just mad at a Mexican person and called them a bad Mexican name. I really think it's just lazy name calling, not so much like you know heartfelt racism. Well, I think around like yeah, around here in California, but I think like once you get you know Texas, Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina, Florida, I think that changes. I think that's. You know, it, it, like there's really that like two thirds of man mentality where yeah. it's like these fools aren't all the way. Yeah, because I'm sure there was I'm sure there I was mean, a, there was an old white guy waiting in line to vote, staring at a black guy, 
And you know, and, still, and even even if it was like in his head, I'm sure he was like, "You shouldn't even have the right to vote." Yeah, I think that's lazy name calling. Yeah, yeah, I get, I, yeah, I, I guess that that's definitely a possibility, especially with those regions, I guess, that are, you know, classically set up for that kind of idea. <laughs> the um, I just, I, I don't know, like there, there's, there's like oddly warranted stuff in my mind, where I mean. I thought it was fascinating. I always bring this up where I worked at a call center and a bunch of the folks that I was a manager in there and a bunch of the people answering the phones, a couple of them were black folks. And one of them, uh, Daryl, a good friend of me and Liz, and, you know, locksmith, no one's calling in a good mood. No one calls a locksmith super stoked. So everyone's a little pissed off. And we had like late shifts, so it's like East Coast shit at two in the morning freezing cold people calling and asking prices and wondering you know where's my where's the guy at so it's pretty like contentious fucking back and forth <laughs> on the phone with folks all night and more than one occasion more than one of the black people in that room would slam the phone down and be like i fucking hate black people and i thought that was fascinating i was like that's that's you know i don't even want to like pontificate on it just i'll keep that in your mind like, that's a real thing that I've seen happen multiple times. It's like, well, why is that? Why is he saying that? Why did he just say that? Because somebody he gets lumped into the same personhood with is acting fucking crazy, and he knows this is why people talk about me the way they do when I haven't had a fair shake because of the shit you're doing right now. I've heard, Matt, dude, we're, and we had free reign in there, and we've had to let a couple of people go because... They got some pretty gnarly conversations. Um, I won't say his name or nothing like that, but there is one guy who said something along those lines where some lady was going crazy, 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 pushing buttons, talking shit, calling back, just being super gnarly. And this guy said, we had to let him go. He said, man, the, what you're doing right now is exactly the reason why people still say, and he said the N-word. And I was like, dude, what the fuck, man? You can't do, you can't say that at work, dog. Like, do what you want out in the world, but like, you know, there's, there, there's, there's, there's business to be done here. And I thought of that, and you mix of that with what Daryl said, something, you know. I hate black people, man. It's like, dude, there, there, there's something to be said about that kind of stuff. It's a shame. It's the reason why, like, if I see a bald Mexican guy. And I, myself, am a bald Mexican guy. <laughs> but if the first two words that come out of his mouth are "ifu," like, immediately, I don't fucking like you. And, like, just being within ten fucking feet of you, I feel like less of a fucking person because I'm going to be lumped in with your fucking stupidity. And, it, and it's not like it's that's not a self-hating Mexican thing, like you know, it, it's it's more along the lines of you're like this because you choose you you chose to be like this you chose to grow up, you know you know like m- maybe not grow up but you chose to be in that environment still. Instead of trying to, you know, break out and do better than people before you, 
or, or even people like within your fucking family, you know, like I take great pride being the first uh, male on both sides of my family to graduate high school. A grand grandkids, I should I should say, like my, you know, all all my aunts and uncles. Well, not all of them. Most of them. Most of my aunts and uncles on my mom's side graduated high school, but I'm the first grandson to do it for either set of my grandparents. And it's a more impact when you know that both his parents have had like twelve brothers and sisters. So. There's a shit ton of grandkids he's talking about. Yeah. There's not three of them, and he's the only one. There's a fucking billion of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that that means a lot to me. And, you know, it's it's the same reason why, like... Like, yeah, like, you know, Liz or Giovanna might get a little annoyed when I buy my nieces, like, their first tablet. You know, and it's, you know, it's not just because I'm trying to be, like, the cool, fun uncle. Like, I want them to have, like, not only what I didn't have, but that advantage that I, you know, that I didn't have that I had to overcome to even be able to be the first boy on either side of the family, first grandson on either side of the family to graduate high school. Because we didn't have a fucking computer until I was, like, halfway through my fucking senior year in high school. So, you know, like, I, I, I can't imagine having to do all the reports that I did um, without one. You know, like, because I was, like, in, in 10th and 11th grade... You know, like, my Uncle George had a computer, but it was really fucking old. And it had, like, that paper that was, like, super wide. And it had, like, those fucking things on the side with the holes. um, Because, like, the holes had to catch on to the thing that spun the fucking paper. The loudest printers ever. Yes. He had one of those. So, when all my classmates are turning in, like, these cool fucking... You know, regular size fucking paper reports. You had that weird green paper. Yeah, I had the, <laughs> I had the fucking like the, the the shitty, really wide paper with the fucking the print that was like it. It was just lines that made up a letter. You know. Yeah, I. I just want my nieces and nephew to be. Anything beyond what I thought I could be growing up. Now the kids like that, I always think about the kids. It's like it's a it's a confidence and leadership thing. Or I think, you know, when you're a kid who doesn't get shit, you don't have stuff, it like wanes on your confidence. And then that can be compensated by just really, really good leadership in the house. There's kids who don't have shit, but they got a badass mom or a badass dad or Didn't grandparents. Have that. Or there's folks that are, you know, they had really, uh, really stand-up leadership in the house. And uh, I've, if you do both, you a confident kid with, you know, shepherded, corralled by a bunch of adults that give a shit, like they're... Shouldn't be losing, you know, should be happy, should be able to find your spot, 
find your niche in the world and be okay with it. That's all I want for the kids, man. There's so many things, like, I don't know, it's so weird when I got older, all so many different, like, jobs. That's one thing I think of all the time. Like, there's all these different, like, careers that I never, I don't remember having, like, talks at a table where, like, what are we going to do this summer to get you towards this goal? Or what are you planning on for college? Or what's this, what are we doing? What's the plan? What are you going to do with yourself? I don't remember having, like, that those kind of talks and i think that that was that that was a mistake so i want to have as many of those put a smorgasbord in front of the kids and find their passions and let them know because everybody wants to be on stage but it's like you know what if you're passionate about the stage if you're not if you're not built for the stage there's so many things around it that are in the same avenue that are in the same business i think of that sort of stuff or you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, oh, I want to be an actor. And then you find out there's all directing, producing, editing, stage. It's like, bro, it's a big it's a big ordeal to put together a production, a movie, a stage show. Like, there's so many different spots than just being under the spotlight on the stage. So with that little analogy, I like that to just spread out to the kids. Where like, if they're passionate about sports... But they're not elite athletes. Be like, there's a fucking million things to do in sports, dude. Bobby's in MMA right now. What if she she loves MMA, but she just doesn't have it. She just doesn't have the bone density and the fucking veracity of fucking Amanda Nunes. She's not going to be elite. Cool. There's a million other things related to mixed martial arts. I didn't have any adults in the room that were like, oh, you want to be a writer? Well, you don't have to be fucking gonzo you don't have to be fucking charles bukowski like there's a ton there's there's a million other avenues to make what you like to do have that timing to get compensated for that man to get paid to make your what's that old bullshit it's not bullshit but you know if you love what you do you never work a day in your life yeah that's the goal for the kids when it comes to like their worldly life you know i want them to understand I want them to have an understanding of like God and all that kind of, you know, first and foremost. But, you know, there's got to be emphasis on just the future and planning. And I'd like to see them get into something they're passionate about so they don't work a day in their life, you know? You know, like when when, when you're a kid and you'll have like somebody older ask you like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's like, I wanted to be the first baseman for the New York Mets. But I never said that out loud because I knew that wasn't going to happen. Um, because if it weren't for the fact that my uncle was managing a team, I wouldn't have been in little league, you know? Yeah. So like, I wasn't going to be playing baseball like ever, unless it was like a fucking pickup game, uh, you know? Like, hopping the fence to play in a fucking diamond or just at a park or even on the fucking street. Yeah. Um, so that wasn't a thing that I expressed out loud. Even though that's what I wanted to be when I, when I grew up was the first baseman for the New York Mets. It was like... It was weird because it was like I felt embarrassed because I knew it wasn't going to happen. Um... And I also, like, I also didn't want to 
didn't want to give off like um, where people could because you know, like, all you gotta do is you keep keep working hard and blah 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 because I thought I just thought that would make me feel worse. Hmm. Yeah, I kind of fell prey to like just an unfortunate combination of. I'm easily discouraged, especially when I was younger, and I had young parents, and I think that they're like their their little style was, hey, I want to be this. Oh well, it's gonna take this, and you're gonna have to do that, and it, and it didn't sound like an an encouraging like thing. It was really like, oh fuck, that sounds impossible. You know what I mean? So they were doing their best trying to warn me like hey you're gonna have to do that you're gonna have to do this and then these things are gonna come up and that's gonna be difficult and they're like they're listing off the hardships and all the difficulties and all the obstacles and you're like fuck dude never mind then you know what i mean like so i was easily discouraged even nowadays but especially when i was younger and that's kind of just how my parents talked about that kind of stuff so that little unfortunate combination I just, anything I got like really into, it would eventually just get bogged down into like, well, that's not gonna happen, dude. That's, that's not, that's not for you. It's too hard, which is a bummer, man. That's why uh, that little situation I just mentioned, that combination of things, I always try to round it up in a sentence when I'm trying to like boil down my little parenting view of where the world is gonna be negative enough man the house should be just relentless encouragement you know what i mean like the just whatever they want i'm never gonna well you know you're gonna have to work hard and do no shit the world's gonna the world's not gonna give them nothing for free so you don't have to worry about making it hard in the house it's just fuck yeah that's all right what do you want let's get it what's number one how do you think we should approach this like just beat the shit out of that goal together and uh, have that <laughs> make, make that be the thing that's how you that's how you fucking raise kids that are winners I I don't know I don't know the more and more I do there's no there's no like umbrella style where it's like here's how it no, works yeah, you're it's right. like dude this is fucking it's so difficult some kids need a pat on that butt some kids need an ass whipping to get them in gear like there's so many just different, there's so many different just angles. There's so many different yeah. ways it can go. It's so hard to attack us. It's so hard to choose a discipline style or to choose a way to parent because it's like you, you're not 100% sure what's the most, what's going to have the most effect in that positive direction. It's, it's fucking, it's nerve wracking, dude. Parenting's no, no joke. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Obviously. Having, having not been a parent that I'm aware of, um, like my take is like, as a parent, you, you kind of have to be Bill Belichick. Hmm. Right. And you just hope that you have a couple of Tom Brady's that understand your playbook and can win a few Super Bowls. But you know, you you might not. You might have a third stringer that kind of gets the playbook but still doesn't fully understand it and just you just hope that, you know, they can they can win a couple games. 
They'll write it out? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's definitely a trip for sure. Thinking that like your decisions and the way and then the style of conversations that you choose to have for specific moments are like tailoring a human. I don't know. That shifts. It fucks with me, dude. It's like, whoa. The conversations, the disciplining, you know, just those kind of things like. And I always notice, I've mentioned it before, where it's like, as a parent, I don't think you can go into a situation and identify what are going to be the most impactful conversations. I think those sit-down moments, those like uh, movie scene moments, I think kids, I think the energy and and the the static and the nervousness for those sit-down, I need to talk to you, da-da-da, I think that overrides like the actual like computing of the information that you're giving them. I don't, I don't think those are the most impactful things. I think at times where that really stuck with me, some conversations I had with my mom or dad that were really impactful. And if you mention it to them, like they hardly remember. It was like a real quick passing. Do you remember that one time when we went camping and I did this and you said that? Like, no, why? And you're like, well, because that fucked me up for like 10 years after that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, or something good. I, I, dude, I've quoted my dad a hundred times and I was like, dude, I never forgot that. That's like the realest shit I think of that every day still. He's like, I don't even remember saying that. It's like, dude, like it's, so take what I'm talking about right there and then put your mind in, in like, you know, you're a parent. You don't even know what moments are going to be the ones that strike them the most. You can't even organize that. The impact isn't even up to you. You just got to be on. It's how when people talk about like fighters that go like something, something and oh, it's like, dude, you know how hard it is to just not fucking lose to even if, well, you know, half that wasn't in the UFC or, you know, a big portion of that was it. It doesn't matter, dude, nope. to go out there and fucking not lose every single time to be on when you're called up to that stage to perform. You might have been in there with guys that were better and you beat them. You might have been in there with guys that were I mean, for the guys that don't, you know, they don't have a perfect record. There's, you've been in there with guys that you were better than, but just where your mind was at, where this the season of your life, that day that guy got your ass. And it's like so to be a fighter with a perfect record is like that's the kind of tenacity it takes to be like a confident, good parent. It's fucking, it's so gnarly. You have to be on the whole time. It's it's exhausting, dude. It's so gnarly. You know, uh, one thing that, like, if I could go back in time and change, or, or, like, do different, or just fucking steal, or whatever, like, I always tell people two things. Like, I wish I could have fucking taken credit for writing Baby Shark. (laughs) Um, Now the most watched fucking video in YouTube history, by the way. Um, no, 100%. There's not a parent on earth that doesn't know that fucking Like, it song. just passed, like, some fucking Justin Bieber video. Like, I don't know how many billions of views, but it's in the billions. Um, Bananas. And, and two, like, I would have... I would have forced... Not, not, not Maybe not necessarily forced, but, like, I wouldn't have been so content with not having like 
good conversation. I don't even because I don't even want to say like a relationship. I'm just good conversations with my dad. You know, like I wish there were times where like you know like you know where maybe like pops was too uh, into working on his car. Like fuck, like I'll stand by the hood and fucking like I should have just stood by the hood and talked to him. You know, ask him questions. Hey, what's that? What does that do? Like, why, why are you doing this to that? You know, because it's a, a conversation is a two way street. Because I can, I can blame the old man like as much as I want, but as I got older, like I could have been the better person, and you know, just gone into the fucking garage and just started a conversation with him. Uh, dude, I, I pat. I mean, it's not a good thing, but I pat me and my sister on the back for that kind of shit all the time. I think we're super, like, open, and, like, I think we've done exactly what you're talking about a million times over. There's a million reasons to be really upset about a lot of shit, and we still walk into the house, like, trying to be as chill and respectful and honor your parents, and, you know, it's... I talk about it with my daddy, like, I know all this stuff. I have... Little gems, little quotes, little ideas that, like, stick with me. So, like, those are the things that I, like, choose to, like, focus on. He's the gnarly and a super hard worker, terribly honest, really, really fair. Um, took time to think about stuff, like, put things in context and understand folks. It's like, I, I took all that sort of stuff and all the all the gnarly shit is like, yeah, I don't want any of that. You can have that. <laughs> so overlook that. And there, you know, there's parts where it like tears you up, but it's just not healthy. It's better. It's better to just fake it till you make it. Smile till it's real. <laughs> That's yeah. that sort of stuff. Now I'm an old man now with my own kids and shit, so I don't I don't have time to be upset about anything, dude. Now it's, you know, be a good grandpa. And that's one thing me and my sister like joke about with shit like that is like you see, when you think, when you watch your parents as grandparents, you should get jealous. You know what I it's mean? Like I think annoying. I think that's pro- I think that's proper. I think so that's annoying. the way it should be. Where you're like. What was the thing? It was so funny. Like my daughter and my dad were doing some like. He was like daddy cat and she was baby cat and they were like meowing together. I was like, who the fuck is this guy, dude? Like, I, <laughs> I couldn't take it. I was like, man, hell no, dude. Like, look at this guy. Like, I, I it was unrecognizable, but it's like good, good, good. You know, like. Should be better your second time around, for God's sakes. You know, like, fuck. There's no excuse, man. Yeah, there was, I mean, I, I remember there was one time at the uh, at the apartment in Van Nuys where um, Papa was over and he was, he was watching one of Bobby's, I think it might have been like Octonauts or whatever, and Bobby was maybe, maybe three? Hmm. Maybe a little younger, and like she's sitting on 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 Papa's lap, like you know, like hugging him, and he's got like you know his arm like around her, just like with a big fucking fucking goofy ass smile on his face, 
uh, watching Octonauts. And I remember just looking and, and seeing them and out loud, like very bitterly saying like, huh, so that's what affection looks like. <laughs> well, dude, I mean, me and Liz joke about that all the time. Your family is so good about that kind of stuff. People come over, everyone lines up at the door and hugs and says bye and like, uh, I hate that shit. I get so uncomfortable with that stuff. I, I know it's better. It's just we did not grow up like that. There was none of that. So Liz will give me a weird little eye. My mom will leave the house. And bye. Bye, guys. And she'll just walk out. And, you know, look over the stairs. And do, what happened? Your mom just left. Oh, okay. And she's like, dude, what the fuck? Your mom, you didn't even say bye to I'm like, yes, yeah, I, I screamed it from the room. <laughs> well, she, she heard me. Like, it's just a, a whole different, like, thing. But again, it's like, I, it, it feels weird for me, but I, it, I know that it's better. I like that, you know, they line up the kids to say bye to every adult that walks out of the house. Dude, when I was a kid, I'd have been like, ugh, what the fuck is this, <laughs> dude? Like, even, I try to remember, like, just, like, single serving style of that kind of, like, come over here, say bye to aunt, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, ugh. <laughs> Like, I don't even fucking know that lady, man. Like, I uh, I hated all that shit. You guys' family is so much bigger. It's like... It's annoying. It, it, it's just... It, it's not... Not that it's gotta happen, well, but... Like, the, the... It just is what it is. Like, saying bye to people you don't, like, recognize is, like, normal when you have a thousand fucking cousins and... Everyone, yeah. I, I've seen it how I've been in your family, like, long enough where I've seen folks... That haven't seen each other for a long time. It's like, oh my god, look how big he is. Bird, bird, bird. And like, I see the kid's face, and I'm just like, uh, dude, like, I get it, dog. Like, I know, <laughs> I know, I know what you're, I, I know what's happening. Like, I've been in, in your shoes, right homie. It's the fucking worst. But even, even like the, the, the last time, uh, well, probably not like your guys' last time, but, um, it was like late last year. It was right before I came out here when everybody was at, um, my grandma's house. I think it might have been for my grandpa's birthday, or some shit like that. That like, party? Yeah, like Mario was there. Yeah, that was the shit, man. And like, there was all kinds of fucking people there that haven't seen me since I was like Eli's age. I know it's weird when people walk up to you and call you Junior. It fucking trips me yeah. out. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, there was like, you know, like oh, so many times, like people go to me like Junior. I was like, I don't know who the fuck that is. <laughs> They're like Junior. It was like. Uh, you, you keep saying that name. That's uh, funny. That person doesn't exist to me. Like, uh... Yeah, like some cousins, but like... My mom was like, oh, this is... Your aunt, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like... Okay. You know, because I'm older now and I'm kind of a dick. And I don't really yeah. like that side of the family. I mean, I was like that when I was little. That's why I like that Liz makes the kids... Like, oh yeah, no, like sit up like, straight and say bye. Yeah, like kiss like, everyone goodbye. It's like, like Bobby don't know that fucking lady. You're making her kiss strangers right now. Like that's not weird to you. Like a piece of me says that, but then in my head I'm like, no, this is this is good. Respect for your elders type. Like that's a real thing, dude. All these old styles of things are like they're slowly going by the wayside. Like respect for your elders and. Respect yeah. for authority figures, like all that shit's going out the window. And yeah, it's like, like I don't I'll, want my kids aren't going to be part of that bullshit. I'll pause the TV and like tell like Eli and and, and Bobby like go say you go say bye to your grandma. My mom, yeah, yeah, like, go say bye to your grandma. 
Yeah, dude, I won't even do that. See, that's when I, that's how I know I'm fucking up. Because my mom will be walking out, and my mom will be like, bye guys, and then I'm just letting it go, and dude will stop the kids and be like, go kiss your grandma, and like, go go say bye to them. I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, damn it. <laughs> fucking idiot. <sighs> it, it used to fucking annoy me when I was younger, when like somebody, like, like especially Junebug. Like, my cousin Junebug, I've mentioned him on the podcast before, but... Um, all my cousins, you know, Manuel, Samuel, Junebug, uh, Mario, to a lesser extent, like Josh and Tony and Ricky. But like all those motherfuckers are cool as hell, by yeah. the way. But like, like Manuel, Sam, and Josh, uh, um, Manuel, Sam, and Junebug, especially, were more like brothers. Uh, like the closest thing, like growing up, like I had to a brother. So it was a super. It was super annoying. Like anytime, like Jim would be like, "Man, like, you know, your fucking dad is so cool. I love your dad." And it's like, "Fuck you. You can have him." I used to, yeah. I didn't have that from like family. That was like job site shit. Where I used to work with my dad all the time when I was a kid, and you know he's pretty hardcore. The old man's kind of gnarly, and I would get like, you know, fucked up about it. <laughs> and like the guys that we were working with would notice it. Like, hey, man, this, you know, your dad, this, that, you know, goes through the whole pep talk sort of thing. Like, your dad's an amazing man. And I'd be like, fuck you, man. Like, <laughs> shut up. You don't know anything about him. It's like, what? Because you get to see the good side of him? You work with him, <laughs> asshole. you never seen him in the living room. You don't know what he's like. like <laughs> Has he ever given up. you the belt? <laughs> oh, the belt. Is that even a thing anymore? No. That's funny. Uh, I fear the reaper. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> my like my dad had my grandpa's belt, which was like, I swear it was like a three inch fucking thick belt. I bet like, you if you saw it right now, you'd laugh your ass. <laughs> yeah, but like that was like the thing where it's like, because like, yeah, my, my dad always wore like a belt. Um, but if he was like, I'm gonna go get the belt, it was like fuck. Bruh. Like, I'm not afraid. Like, I, I don't. I can't remember a time where I was afraid of being hit by my dad. But like that belt fucking hurt. Like, and it wasn't so much like the act of like getting spanked. It was like that belt fucking hurt, and like it would, it would get you sideways. So like the edge of the belt was fucking <laughs> ugh. Daddy had a work belt. Ugh. That was the gnarly one. Let me get the work belt. Like fuck no, man. That's like a double, triple. It's like those old construction belts. Those like they're like uh, like weightlifting belts almost. Mm-hmm. Big old thick leather one with the gnarliest buckle ever. Catch the buckle and die. Oh. Fuck that, dude. Yeah. If if I ever have kids, which I probably won't, but I'll have like a fucking Hulk Hogan style fucking weight belt. That'll just say the belt on it. Yeah. Like how he had Hollywood across it and yeah. shit. The and I'll belt. Be like, you want to go get the belt? That's a great... That's a great idea. Have stopped framed and Bobby everything. Pow Pow. That's what we used to call it. Pow Pow. Pow Pow. You like it's Pow Pow now. Eh. Not as much as he should. We're not as gnarly. We were, we were a lot more on it with Bobby Jane for sure. She was getting like legit... Slaps on the wrist. 
when she was little, dude. Well, any sort of like uh, any sort of rebellion had to get cut off, dude. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like any like, yo, when your little girl looks in your eyes and goes, "No," it's like, what the fuck are you thinking? <laughs> like, okay. she's got, she's my sister, dude. She's, she's, I don't know. There's a moxie that comes from that little girl that's just unmatched. Where you're like, where the fuck does she get this like? confidence like she's gnarly man Lindsay was worse well that's up for debate everybody says which one was worse but i remember Lindsay being crazy i was her older brother man so she would like mouth off so to speak and say some shit to my parents and my jaw would hit the floor i'd be like that chick is out of her fucking <laughs> mind she didn't give a shit dude i think bobby's like that too she's just really uh hard-headed she has her opinion she, she's like she's one of those kids like the sky's orange, like Bobby. The sky's blue. No, you're like I will fucking kill you. <laughs> She's gnarly. Man. I tell her all the time, like she'll stomp upstairs, and it's like you have no idea what would happen to me, your mom, or fucking Dia Jojo. Like if we did that shit, bro. Like Nana wasn't playing. Like Nana would throw us down the fucking stairs. Bro, I begged her. When she stayed with us, I was like, put it on her, man. I heard the stories. It was that grandparents thing. Like, it's a whole different, uh, it, they, different it, era. They shut off. It all goes away. I'll never lay a finger on my grandkids. I was like, well, you're making a shitty person. Like, you <laughs> right. fucking put it on her. She walks all over you, dude. Beat her little ass, man. Like, I don't play that. That's crazy to me. And don't let my English trip you out. Like, we have very, very formal pow pow sessions it's not fly out the handle beat the shit out of them and send them to their room like it, it's a it's a ritual dude sit down talk about it get it over with talk about it again let them understand that there's correction needed i i've heard all the arguments i understand why people think it's a bad idea i just uh i always use that bully argument that i've given since i was little and i was a kid who got like ass whippings dude like so i'm actually for it the uh was the the bully argument like if uh if someone's giving you shit at school and you tell the teacher and the teacher's like ah stop giving him shit he does it the next day and you go to the teacher and the teacher's like hey 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 stop giving him so much shit <laughs> He's never going to stop if you keep telling the teacher. If you walk up to that guy and punch him in his fucking nose, I promise you, he's not going to do it tomorrow. It's like, I feel like that way with like kids. There's got to be, especially, I mean, it sounds so gnarly to say out loud, but especially at that like young two to four age where it's like, there's got to be that like physical connection of pain with, you know, like it, it, it that kind of shepherding makes like sense to me and it worked on me and these are my kids like i would never suggest any any style to any other parent because that kid's half you and half your partner or half of you you know whatever the fuck that kid is half you so if you know the best way like we mentioned earlier some kids need a pat on the head or a big hug some kids need a kick in the ass and as adults they'll tell you that i know a bunch of kids who went to military school or they went to job corps or court appointed blah 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 like and they came out like kids who went to juvie kids who went to fucking jail prison 
I know all them kids, and a lot of them came out like, bro, best thing that ever happened to me. So, you know, I found, I, you know, I just, knowing my kids and their personality and how they understand things, I watch how they're forming their worldview, and we thought that pow-pows were the best route. And some folks, it might not be, you know? That's just what, you know, it worked well with Bobby. We let Eli get away with fucking murder. He's pretty good, like... He's got a huge heart. He's such a good boy. He's just yeah. a little fucker, man. Like, he, he, he does, he does he a good job. He be a little job. tougher. I'd like him to thicken he, up a little bit. He, he does a, a pretty good job of, like, if you guys send him to go cry down in his room, <laughs> of, like, coming down and, like, apologizing. Dude. Well, like, without... You know, like you haven't seen. There's no prompting. You know, there's no like go say sorry to daddy. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Like, there's no. It's 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 a it's an authentic apology. That's some Jordan Peterson shit too. When your kid's losing it, like, hey man, if you're gonna act inappropriately, sit on the stairs. Come back downstairs here. Come hang out with us. Get it together. (laughs) You know, if it's warranted, dude. I'm not gonna. You know, that kid's. Hurt himself, his fingers bent, <laughs> his fingers crooked. I'm not going to be like, hey, get upstairs and cry. Right. But there are times, again, it's all up to your own like individual discretion because you know your kid. Like, I know my boy. Or I'm like, yeah, this is extra, dude. This isn't, no, this, you're doing too much. This is something I think it'd be better if you worked your way through and figured out how to like overcome this emotional obstacle and you know I think you need some some pressuring so you're not going to cry and look at all the adults and wait for more attention and then cry louder and be nah dude you when you do all that you can go upstairs get it together yeah get it together and when you're feeling better come back downstairs buddy yeah and there's nothing more heartbreaking than when that works out dude he goes upstairs you hear him crying for a little bit you know, we're listening on pins and needles. <laughs> we're downstairs listening to everything he's doing up there, trying to figure out what's happening. And then, lo and behold, every single time, ten minutes later, he comes out to the little stairs. Hi. I'm better now. And he comes downstairs and plays. It's like, uh Because I try to, like, magnify that. Not even magnify that, but pick that event up emotionally. You know, every, take the emotional space that that story has and then put that into, like, an adult situation. Like, hopefully he'll have a habit of when he gets over-emotional and, you know, eventually he'll be able to read the room. Right now we have yep. to tell him, you need to go upstairs, you're acting fucking crazy. But pretty soon, you know, you'll be able to read the room. You know, he's me and Liz's kid. He's going to be able to read a fucking room. He's a brilliant kid. He's scary smart. Super smart. And so he'll be able to see, like, when, okay, I'm not matching. You know what I mean? And he'll know to withdraw, get it together, come back out when you're composed, and, you know, be the best you. Like, so, I don't know. Again, who the fuck knows, man? So far, so good, but there's plenty of time for us to ruin those kids. <laughs> you know, like, not not to sound, like, mean about it, <laughs> but, like, not having uh, the old man around, I think, will help with that. Because he wasn't doing you guys any favors. Oh, yeah, um, dude. Well, grand grandparents in general, dude... They're a pain in the ass with stuff like that because they're on some, you know, 
feed them cookies and fucking smile all day. Would you go? We watched this. We watched that. It's like, dude, damn it. Grandparents, in my experience, again, this is just our bullshit, but talking to a lot of parents, it seems pretty universal. Grandparents are good for a weekend, dude. But if they're gonna be like in the house, contributing to the house, like make sure they're on your program, because it's it's frustrating when you have a, a certain style in mind with how you want to raise your kids, and then there's you know. An authority figure, dual authority figures in the house. That's like undermining is a little, it sounds sinister, but that's essentially what's happening. Like your style is getting undermined by another authority in the room. And that's not good for the development of a kid. Understanding dual authorities, learning how to flip both sides, play the sides against the middle. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just, it's just a breeding ground for them to understand or to, for them to get a higher understanding of, uh, like manipulation it's like it's much better to just have you know like that conservative nature i was mentioning like a respect for the structure the hierarchy is real dude here's what dad says here's what mom says here's here's what the fuck is up there's no sidestepping and like oh and every kid does it man there's always that joke about you know you want to stay over at your buddy's house and you go ask your mom and she's like nah and then you're like all right cool and then you go and run and ask your dad. And he's like, yeah, no problem. And you're like, cool, I'm out. <laughs> it's like everybody, you know, that's a thing. No, like I've seen it here. Like, uh, like Eli will want a yogurt. And then Liz will be like, no, you've had like three already. <laughs> and then he'll fucking go to the room. And then here he comes with fucking Papa in tow. That's makes, what I mean. Like his yeah. understanding of manipulating. Because, yeah, a lot of, you know, grandparents don't say no very often. And so you'll have, you know... A structured idea of their diet and then they'll just throw a wrench in it on some i'm hungry well you know we worked hard we cooked this dinner for you you didn't finish it we gave you a lot of chances to finish it we begged you <laughs> to finish it and we even said if you don't finish it you're gonna want to eat later and we're not okay with that because we worked hard and we made this dinner for you and it's good for you and blah 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 you know you lay out your case and sure as shit Right before bed, I'm hungry. Mm. And you're like, no, I warned you about this. We'll have a big, nice breakfast in the morning. And I, I'm like my dad. When I hear my kids or most American kids in general, I bet, I'm hungry. You've never been hungry in your life. Like, you know what I mean? Like, not really. Not really. You just ate an hour ago. You're not hungry. You're bored and you're looking for a way to stay up longer. <laughs> But, yeah, so you have an idea what you want for the house. No, we've laid out this situation. You're not going to get anything. We're going to go to bed right now. We're going to have a big breakfast in the morning. And then, like you said, you look down the hall and the kid's got a grandparent by the hand pouring a bowl of fucking cereal. You're like, dude, yeah. Yeah, like, what are you I've, doing? Yeah, like it's, I've, I told him, be like, nope. Like Liz, Liz said he couldn't have a fucking yogurt. Like, put that back. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a bummer. It just, I mean, yeah, for right now, there's no grandparents in the house. So it's all on us, you know, <laughs> which is also terrifying. Do you feel like it's gotten easier or harder as they get older? As they get older? Yeah. I think it's easier because there's just more like understanding, dude. I used to say that when Bobby, when we just had Bobby Jane and she was little, we'd go, 
you know, you try to like break stuff down and try to like reason with a kid, which is just absolute insanity. And I would always just kind of like rest in the idea like one day I'm gonna, she's going to be old enough because they're like they're cognitives they're like smart like you know so i don't you know it's not going to be a communication thing like i've seen struggles and i've seen things that just these extra difficulties in raising kids and like i always said their brains aren't going to be the issue. That's not going to be the obstacles. Like their intellectual capacity is not going to be it. It's about shepherding their heart properly. So they're moral kids, you know, and like, that's going to be the issue. And so I think it's easier because the older they get, the more nuanced the conversations can get, you know, it doesn't, you know, once they're old enough where because I said so isn't enough, but they're old enough to digest why I said so, then it's easier. Because mm-hmm. me and Liz, like I said, we're not we're not asshole tyrants. Like if I have a thing, if I have a rule or if I have an idea about how something should go, it wasn't brought up willy-nilly to fuck your day up. I take painstaking thought into this, these decisions and how I'm deciding how to talk to you about certain things or, you know, different strategies for parenting like these aren't just run of the they didn't just come up overnight for no reason like i've thought these things through and once they're old enough to actually listen to the trains of thought i think it'll be easier at least they'll know you're reasonable and you're not just an asshole because there's some parents that just lean on that because i said so because i'm your dad like i think we have enough patience to actually sit down and beyond the because i said so and there's always moments where you just want to be like because i said so and that should be enough shut the fuck up but that kind of that kind of feeling every parent's had it had a piece of that but i'm definitely like can't wait till they're old enough to break it down yeah and then then it goes back to like shepherding their heart to where they they have the kind of hopefully the personhood where they they actually take the time to hear the nuance because that worries me because I, I see adults now that can't do that you know like wow well, I'm kind of banking on my 12 year old when she's when when they're 12 where I can actually break down the why and they'll take it and hopefully they're not rolling their eyes stomping their feet and twiddling their thumbs just waiting to get out of the room because I mean like I said these are my kids and I was kind of like that, like when, you know, when they were breaking, you know, if there was ever a, a situation where they're trying to explain why something was wrong or why I shouldn't have done that. Like, I was like, oh, uh, I know. Yeah, like me and Bobby are the same. We roll our eyes like, oh, uh, I know. And like, I know, I know what you know. You're seven, you know, yeah. <laughs> I know what you know, but you, there, there's a point of this that you're missing that I need to really drive home for you because... You're missing that point, and it's real important. She a little pain in the ass, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's getting there. The, I mean, it's it's crazy, like, the complete opposite of seven years old from Monique. Like. Hmm. It, when did, I so met Moni when she was eight or nine. So yeah, I'm getting. Bobby's about to be as old 
as Moni was when I met her. It's <clears throat> crazy. Yeah. All the old folks I know keep telling me it gets faster and faster too. Like, you know, the, the, this jump from like four to seven that Bobby had seemed overnight. And they're like, oh yeah, dude. Then it's seven to 12, 12 to 15, 15. Like all this shit happens in a matter, you know, it seems like a couple of days, a couple of days she's going to be 17. I was like, ugh. Yeah, you know, like I, I've, I've, I've said, I've mentioned before, like it's been fun watching them grow up you know monique bobby jane and eli but like at the same time like it kind of hasn't like it's kind of been scary like especially like with monique like it just feels like last year i was looking at her through the fucking glass while she was fucking laying there with the rest of the fucking babies but she's seven fucking teen now yeah and like looking at fucking colleges and taking trips yeah Taking trips to go see schools. And That's something I mentioned to her, too. I was like, you know, it's compounded everybody's obsession with you because there's always going to be that thing that, you know, you're you're one of the youngest for now, you know, and everybody trips out on how big you are and holy shit, you know, you're almost done with high school and Moni's going to be driving soon. Does she know any boys? Like all that kind of shit's coming across, which is crazy because she was just a little girl a couple of days ago, it feels but she's also like, I mean, I don't even want to, there's, you can take it as like almost disrespectful, but she's like crossing like socioeconomic barriers, dude. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. were any of y'all taking trips to the East Coast to check out colleges? Fuck, I'm not talking shit. Do you know what I mean? But like, I'm like, yo. College wasn't even like Bro, she goes, she goes to like a high-end fucking uh, performing arts school. Like the kids and the the people like that. She's been on TV several times performing. Bitch is on what was the Grammys? Yeah, the Grammys. Sitting yeah. on stage like she she's had a royalty check for work she's done. It's like yo, she's doing things that to me it's so like groundbreaking. I don't even want to talk to her about it because I don't want to like intimidate her and like fucking put a like I don't want to introduce a whole world of holy shit to her yeah like, oh, but fuck, to me it's right. like yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like damn girl you're out you're you're changing the game for the family yeah. you know what i mean like you're setting up shop at a higher station than anyone in your fam ever has dude like that's that's fucking cool so without you know with that's how i understand it but i don't ever present it to her that way because like i said i would never want to freak her out and she's got a beautiful trajectory and it's an impressive one too, dude. When I first met her, she couldn't walk by herself. She couldn't go up an escalator. Dude, I tell this story all the time, man. We went to this uh, this like Ralph's that had an escalator in it, and we got out of the car. We're walking towards the escalator from the parking garage, and I forgot my wallet. I had the stroller, and I told her I parked. It was not far at all, maybe seven or eight spaces from where we were standing. And I said, oh, shit, hold on. Here, stand right here. Hold the stroller. I'm going to run back and get my wallet and come right back. So I, like, jetted back, like, turned around and ran pretty quickly. I get to the door. I pop the door. I turn around. Moni's right behind me, (laughs) like, with the kid. I was like, what the fuck? Did you sprint, dude? And she's like breathing heavy but not trying to breathe heavy i was like what and i put it together i was like she didn't want to stand there alone dude and i you know everyone told stories she doesn't get an elevator she doesn't do that she's like 
I won't say like socially awkward, but there was like there there was a couple of fears that I recognized that I was like, damn, dude, is this like gonna be a thing that that you know we're gonna have to like work on? Fast forward only a couple of years, that chick is on stage singing for people. So it's like don't get so caught up in a season and think you understand how a person's going to be. Moni definitely blew that out of the water for me because I saw some of those things and I was like, ooh, that's going to be a real issue. No. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Brandon, you were very wrong. Like, yeah, like I like I just said, I saw some of those things and I was like, oh, shit. You know, dude, you know what's funny is like I, I, I always give like so much credit to Jovi for, you know, for even. Your sister's a beast, like, bro. My parents, mine and Lizzie's and Giovanna's parents, like if we, like if it was like going to benefit us to go to a, like a, a fucking high level performing arts school, like they wouldn't have made it happen. You know, and I, I love my parents, but like that, that wasn't, you know, like they, they weren't going to there. sacrifice. Yeah, you know? it, was, it wasn't a thing. Yeah, man. Me and my sister, like I mentioned earlier, dude, we've talked about that where, you know, you start forming your own family and you start doing a bit of compare and contrast for when you were a kid versus what you're doing with your kids. And you're like, you know, either you're super proud and you think they did a great job or you're kind of like, hey, man, what the fuck was going on? <laughs> you know? And like even when like when, when Bobby was like, you know, like super young, like and she wanted to do dance class, like I know that fucking shit wasn't cheap. You know, but oh. you guys like made it fucking happen. No, yeah, dude, fuck that. Like I said, dude, I, we want to put a smorgasbord in front of them. Like, what are the passions and just what do they organically like gravitate to and just keep them in that sphere, you know? Yeah. Keep them in that circle of people. People that are doing what you love and that are better than you. Who does what you love better than you? That's the room you need to be in. Yeah, and like me, like being a, being a young kid and wanting to be the first baseman for the New York Mets, it wasn't, you know, like, yes, it was because the, the, the Mets are my favorite baseball team, but it was because I wanted my family to, to, to be proud of me, and I see, like, Moni doing that. Like, we're all, like, so very proud of her because, like, having seen her be, like, a scared little girl... To a badass young adult. Crazy. You know, like, it's, it's fucking cool. It's way cool. Yeah. So, like, Moni, if, you, if, you're, if you're listening, I don't know if you, if you do, uh, we love you. Also, your boyfriend doesn't look like Tom Holland. <laughs> He's not Spider-Man. You know what? He's got a really good handshake, eye contact, came up to the car. He's a good boy. I know, dude, I know... Ugh. I know what predators look like. <laughs> I grew up with killers and thieves. I am a children of the corn resident, dude. Like, like I know what shit people look like. You know, like, sorry, but some people are shitty. And I have a pretty decent... That whole don't judge a book by its cover. It's like, well, what if you read really, really good, though? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, sorry. And that kid was not... He did not have... I wasn't worried at all. It's like, oh, he's just he's just regular boy gross. Because boys, I don't give a fuck. Boys are gross. Even the best boys still a bit of a scumbag. And he's just regular boy scumbagish. which, I mean, it's not that bad. <laughs> you know? Like, she's in the game. It was 17? No, 17. 17. 
Yeah. Jeez She'll be 18 Louise. next May. Like, I don't give a fuck. Keep it in your fucking pants, Spider-Man. Because I will be carnage <laughs> and fuck you up. Uh, that's so bonkers. <laughs> it's annoying. I hate it. I hate it so much. She's great, though. Yeah, no, money's like like one of the things like like about that type of shit that eases my mind is the fact that number one, she's a good kid. Number two, she's she's a smart kid. Yeah. Well, it goes into the trajectory thing I mentioned earlier. Somehow, like, just she had like a general like social fear that I noticed where I was like, hey, man, this might be an issue. And then, you know, I guess fast forward in now she's on stage performing in front of strangers. It's like that's quite a difference. But there is there's other parts of it when it comes to dialogue and like having like contentious conversations where there's been times where she was younger and I've. I always devil's advocate stuff. I always like to, like, just argue the other side. Even if it's not my personal view, if you're sitting there talking, if we're at a dinner table and you're talking about a certain thing and you you definitely have, like, an opinion about it, it's fun to just kind of investigate the other side. And uh, I've done that with her before. And it, it was, it was, you know, it was, they got like emotional quick and like got upset. And I was just like, oh, okay, well, you know, maybe I didn't do so well as the adult in there, but I thought it was a, a not shaky by any means, but I was like, oh, that, that's going to need some, like, she's not good at that. That makes any sense. Like a back and forth. Yeah. Well, a kid, like I said, a contention, like if you have, if you're passionate about a thing and you get challenged on it, a lot of people get like emotional about it and get like upset and they don't want to engage in the conversation and try to, you know, steel man the other position or try to, you know, try to learn from the counter perspective. You just kind of get all like flustered and pissed and which is standard for young folks and even adults nowadays. It's no issue, but it's something I do anyways. And that's another thing that I've noticed in knowing her all these years is like that that's not a thing either. You can go at her at an angle where you don't agree and you're being, you know, contentious. And mm-hmm. there isn't any like it's very okay, well I'm open to learning and it's like, holy shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like real like like, oh wow, you you're you're the shit. Nah, she's a I've told her before. Like, her life is, like, this weird, like, yardstick for my, like, relationship with Liz, which is, like, my family, you know, mother and my kids, and you guys are all attached to that, obviously. The, uh, just her growing up and being a yardstick and watching her as, like, a, you know, pretty big role model for my daughter, like, she's a big deal to me. She knows. I'm pretty bad about that kind of stuff, but I try my best. (laughs) So over the weekend, um, we saw old man Glover Teixeira Woo! pick up a big win Woo! against uh, Tiago Santos, um, who you know, who a lot of people thought had he not tore up his fucking knee, he would beat John Jones in their fight. Um, 
You know how pissed he is watching that Glover fight? Oh, yeah. Bro. So Furious. So, the first round, uh, Tiago clips him, hurts him. Glover uh, falls on his back. Uh, Tiago pounces, tries a little ground and pound. Glover recovers quick. Is Classic a, Glover grapple recovery. Yeah. Like, finds top position after just getting rocked. It's like, why does he always get that done? Yeah. Ended ended the first round on not only on top, um, but like dominant. It was one of those fun rounds to score. Like, how do you do that? Because the knockdown's big, but he also had, like, top position grappling for, like, two and a half minutes. It's like, okay, so what equals more? How do you weigh out the damage? Is the knockdown more? You know, if you're doing a 10-9, 10-8 sort of situation, how do you judge that? The top position and the ground and pound that came from Glover or, you know, the knockdown that came... From Tiago, it, it, it's an interesting. That's one of those fun ones where no and, one's in a hurry to be a judge for that kind right. of shit. In, in my opinion, however, like yeah, uh, Tiago knocked him on his ass, but he wasn't able to do, to do anything to, to capitalize on it because Glover recovered quick and was able to sweep and gain top position on him. Oh yeah, dude. I think I think a lot of those times it shouldn't just be like judge. Like the event, judge the knockdown, judge the takedown, judge the top control. I think the sequence has to be taken into consideration too. Like when someone gets a takedown, what? Well, wow, fuck! What fight was it, dude? He was. It was the girls. It was uh, the girls. Oh, Claudia yeah. Gadelia. That what's the uh, Asian chick's name? Yan something. Yeah, yeah, dude. Like she had that Carlos Condit guard where she was like active bro like throwing elbows like she was doing work so if i'm a judge going back to what we're talking about like if if you get a takedown cool noted noted you got a takedown that's a dominant situation in a fight duly noted but if right after that takedown you're eating fucking elbows from the bottom you're not dominating the top. You're not securing anything. You're not going for anything submission-wise. You're not landing any like significant ground and pound. And the person from the bottom is throwing their hips, getting like wrist control, fucking throwing elbows from the bottom. It's like, dude, that... it To me, it negates the takedown where it's like, okay, I noted that you got the takedown, but since you didn't do anything with it, I'm kind of, it now it's flush again. Now it's even where it's yeah. like, all right, now, now you got, now what? So now what's now this next sequence is how I'm going to judge, you know, this round is because it's even now you got the takedown. You didn't get nothing with it. Now what is, are they going to get stand back up? Is it going to throw a submission? Are you going to get more active on top? Like it, it kind of like equals out after it, that. I, I feel as though like, it should almost be looked at kind of like tennis. Hmm. Each player is going to get points, but only one of them is going to win that set. So that's funny because I like how it goes deuce and like back and forth yeah. like that. You know, that's so interesting. 
Like, yeah, like Claudia took her down. And that should count for something. Yeah, like I said, noted. But, awesome, good job. But, but what's Jan next, though? Did a ton of work. Not, not only outworked Claudia, who was on top, she did it from the bottom and actually did some damage from the bottom. Like, to me, like, that's more impressive. Not only that, but, like, while they were standing before Claudia took her down, Jan was winning on the feet. Even when Claudia had her pressed up against the cage and, like, clinched up, Jan was still throwing, like, nasty-ass fucking knees to the bottom. Jan's fucking for real. She doesn't look very strong, though. She has a real similar style to Joanna in my mind, but she didn't look, like, as strong. And you watch her, and I was just like, nah, she doesn't have that, like, that density. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, She's great, though. Big fan. Yeah. And so in the uh, in the in the Glover Tiago fight, second round, all Glover. Um, Glover almost finished it. Had the a little uh, longer that choke would have been yeah, hit. Had the rear naked. Um, At the, the bell. Yeah, the 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 fucking round um, expired. A couple more seconds and Tiago would have been, he either would have passed out or he would have tapped out. Beginning of the third. Tiago again knocks Glover on his ass. But this time, like, really pounces on him. Mm. Um, but in that process, didn't land... Well, no, I'll take that back. He did land a lot. But he overexerted himself. And as soon as he found an opening, Glover did it again. He fucking he swept got him. Up, got shrug. on top. Pounded him a little bit. Actually flattened Tiago out, did just enough to distract him, got the fucking arm underneath the chin, and you know Tiago Santos was uh, was forced to tap, and it was it was a very very impressive win by by fucking super fun fight forty something year old Glover Teixeira, um, to the point where even John Jones tweeted, "Give that man a shot." Um, but he has to wait until fucking Izzy fights Jan Blakovich now, if he was if he was to get a shot. But um, what if the first faint Izzy throws, Jan just comes right up the middle and just knocks him on his fucking ass? Dude. It wouldn't surprise me, like at all. Like it wouldn't surprise me. And it's it's a very dangerous fight for Izzy to take because, um, a that could very well fucking happen, where Jan could just fucking put it on him. Like, that fucking Polish hammer is no joke. Uh, and two, if that does happen, that ruins his super fight with John Jones. So, yeah. you know, so with that in mind, you know, mad props to Izzy for even, you know... He's about that, that life, man. He's trying to put it together. He wants that career. You hear how he talks about it, yeah. and I think he talks about it well. I think he talks about it correctly, where he's like, it's not so much about the numbers or the record, it's the names, bro. He's like, I just want I just want a win column full of Hall of Famers where people are like, dude, this guy fucking did not play games of, of, of multiple weight classes. It's like, yo, dude, if he pulls that off, I mean... 
I do not see him beating John Jones up, though, dude. And I am no, no John fanboy by any stretch, but I'm nope. a huge fan of mixed martial arts. And fuck, if you're objective about MMA and John's not, like, in your all list, then you're fucking lying to yourself. <laughs> the guys, I mean, I don't have to get into it, but I don't see him, I don't see Izzy doing very well against John. I think it's fucking crazy that Izzy's so hungry for that fight. If you could fantasy book a co-main and main um, from any era, Ooh. who would the four fighters be? And what weight divisions would they be in? Well, there's a specific era, and it would have like worked out. I think if we got the dates lined up, it would have actually been a pay per view that could have happened. But it would have been a um, uh, fuck, Fedor and Randy again, and then, uh, Chuck and Vandalay. A couple years before it actually happened, I know the fight actually happened. It was a good fight actually, but there there was a piece of time where those two were fucking super terrifying. Like I think. I think the Chuck Mandalay fight happened a couple years too late. Like I said, it's still a super fun fight to watch. But if you're talking about a main, I mean, there's that time where Randy's like his little game planning, his little style, like he was just pulling it off. He was pulling it off. Like I want to see if he could have done that to Fedor. I don't think he could have, but I think that would have been super fun. Um... we could fuck with the time machine a little bit i always think like a middleweight um sakuraba against the event uh against uh anderson would have been cool that would have been cool yeah a little fun yeah uh yeah spider sakuraba i'd probably go with uh brock and fedor that's interesting just for like I think how would a Brock's wrestling done against that Sambo? Yeah, not only that, but I think that's like his leverage. Like, could he have gotten Brock over? You know what I mean? Like, there's some interest. I I think that that's the would be the fucking or would have been the highest drawing fight of all time. I heard they're this close, but uh, Fedor's people were like, "We want this and we want it here," and Dana was like, "Nah, son." Um. I think Fedor's hands would have been too much for Brock. We saw, yeah, you saw what Shane kind of exposed, and then you saw a uh, super courageous young Kane do what was necessary to put Brock out. And you look at Kane. I mean, I think Kane and fucking Fedor for a piece of time would have been the shit. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm such a Fedor fan. Like, like 2010 Kane. And like Madden teams, remember those like the yeah. old Madden games where you can be like the eighty five bears and shit. Yeah. <laughs> like what would have like what would have been like the best funnest fight where you're like, dude, that would have been fucking sick. Mm. It's fucking Vandalay against anybody. <laughs> yeah, for that piece of time. Yeah, for sure. That's funny. I think a. Uh, Um, maybe 
That would have been fun. Hmm. Like a prime Eddie Alvarez against a prime like BJ Penn. That would have been fun, yeah. You know, super durable, gnarly, don't give a fuck guys. You know what? I, I, I remembered the other day that like I can't believe actually happened and, and everybody already freaking forgot about it. Fucking Michael Chandler's in the UFC. Yeah, do they have a fight for him yet? Not yet. Um, he was in Abu Dhabi like as a... A little replacement, just yeah, in case. Like, like yeah, like an emergency replacement. But I can't wait for him to get into the mix. Like I hope his, uh, like you know, I hope it goes well for him. He's he's a guy that uh, you know he's put in the work. He's put in the work for a lot of years. Like I, you know, he he deserves like the Alvarez fights were the shit back yeah. in the day. Those were a while ago. Yeah. Those were great, and he's been the man since then for Bell and Bellator. The uh, who are the Bellator champions? I think Gegard's got a strap. I think so. Bader's got a strap. Bader's got the light heavyweight strap. Yeah. I don't know who the fucking heavyweight champ is. Who the fuck is their heavyweight champion? That's. If people say uh, Anderson's gonna get released. You know, I mean, Dana's got no interest in giving him that final fight on his contract, so he'll probably get bought out of that. People are hoping he goes to Bellator for MVP. I don't know if I want that, though. I get it. I don't know how well that goes for MVP. Like, I think... Um, I'd rather see MVP in Uriah Hall. Oh, I think Uriah Hall would beat the fuck out of him. I kind of just want to see MVP against, I mean, he's got like such, you know, he's got a pretty fucking cool highlight reel. But. It's against a lot of like. Yeah, not, not a bunch cans, of killers. Yeah, yeah, not cans by any means, but there's no like monsters on there. There's one. Who is it? There's only one where I was like, oh, that's a. I mean, he got, a big he got his ass beat by Douglas Lima. He gets ass beat. He got caught that weird fucking shovel uppercut. And he got knocked out. Knocked the fuck out. He got his own. He got the shitty end of a highlight reel on that one. The, uh... Who the fuck did he fight? I got, I got nothing. Um, but yeah, it, it, yeah. When, I, when I look at that, he didn't have, he didn't have like a bunch of ass kickers on that list. So it, I would like to see him go to the UFC and see what he does at that like higher caliber talent. Young fucking on sure dog Brandon would be so disappointed with your recall. I love sure dog back in the day. <laughs> that was the only one. It, yeah, literally the only fucking one. That's the first one I remember. Now you can, now you have different fucking subreddits. <laughs> but yeah, sure dog was the fucking place. Just like you know, it's 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 like showing a fucking kid these days like a LimeWire logo, and you're like, "What's this?" <laughs> like, I don't know, some fucking fruit company. Yeah, it's like, ugh, out of my sight. Those uh, those sharing sites, Morpheus, LimeWire. Mm -hmm. Classic Napster. There's a bunch, man. Because remember, one would break. And you yeah. have to find another one. And then that one would get fucked up. And you'd have to get another one. And it's like, you could fuck with the Russian ones because the Russian ones were safe. But they were also 
You also didn't want to fucking download a virus. Those are sketchy because you didn't know half the time there'd be like the Russian shit and then like a sketchy English translation. And you're like, yeah. this isn't going to be it. Right. None of the movies. Were, and you know how long a fucking movie take to download back in those days? Oh my God. Like three yeah. school days. <laughs> You hope to God that your parent didn't sit down and fucking cancel it because they're like, what the hell is this bullshit? And cancel the download. And you're like, I waited two days for that, you fuck. (laughs) Do I think of that all the time, man? Like before school, like trying to get one song. And then when you get home from school, hoping that that one song is done. Now I can go on fucking YouTube music. Well, I guess that that's not free though. We actually pay for YouTube music. Still though, it doesn't matter. You can go on regular YouTube and get whole albums basically for nothing and download them to your phone for fucking nothing. You know, it's funny because like I think like kids don't, and, and I hate to sound like the like fucking an old, old asshole. Guy. Yeah. Because, like, I realize like I just turned 40. <laughs> I don't want to be the fucking old man yelling at a cloud. But kids don't fucking know because y'all motherfuckers, not that any of you are fucking listening, but those motherfuckers get instant access to whatever fucking album they want, instant access to pretty much any fucking movie they want. You know, you don't gotta wait till fucking next Thursday to see the next episode of Friends. You can (laughs) fucking binge watch that shit. Like, and I think that's, like, why this, you know, this newer generation just feels so fucking spoiled and so whiny when they don't get their way. Because they're so used to getting shit at a fucking, on a whim, you know? There's no appreciation for the slow burn. No, at all. And it's fucking annoying. Like, I'm fucking knowing, like, I, I get it. I have my own little personal, like, uh, you fucking kids. But there's also, like, it's just not good, in my in my estimation, just period. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's not a good look to not, to not enjoy, to not, to not have the capacity to be bored. Yeah. Think of that, dude. Like, there's a whole generation of kids that don't have the capacity to be bored bro you remember your mom running in the store and keeping you in the fucking back seat for 40 minutes with no fucking phone no tablet no nothing you're just locked in a fucking car yep for like an hour people watching bro you can't do that to a fucking kid now they'll lose their shit man right now fucking like little kids are like my my ipad isn't charged like pick up a fucking ball and bat Go across the street, grab your homie, start a game. You know? I can't, dude. I have I have to work on my patience when it comes to shit like that with Bobby. I mean, Eli, he don't... He's small enough where all his mistakes are really just things that we let happen. Because he's... Oh, you know, but Bo- Bobby's got a little bit more, like, personal agency in her day. <laughs> you want to, like, be able to put her in a place where, if, you know... She's got a an electronic that's not charged and not ready. I don't yeah. want to hear shit. There's options. Um, my phone isn't charged. I'll fucking knock her on her ass, dude. I cannot <laughs> listen to that. Like you have a stack of books 
tons of toys. Like, get creative. Right. You know, every colored pencil, every crayon, tons of paper. Like, dude, yeah. stop it. The way I liked art when I was a kid, and I look at the kind of shit Bobby has just sitting in the drawer, I was like, bro, out of <laughs> that would have been gone. Yeah. Like, she's got paints and canvas, dude. Like, I remember walking around Michael's when I was a kid and, like, looking at canvas and being like, man. On some, like, Bob Ross shit, dude. Being right. like, fuck. You just want some happy little mistakes. I just like want to do it. I just want to do it. Like, Bobby has, she's got, the tools are there. Happy little accidents. We watched a couple episodes. Of that, I like, saw you guys watching ago. that. And I was like, he's still fuck? dope, dude. Bob <laughs> I t- Ross. Bro. I told you about that fucking the theory that somebody had about him, right? No. Where, what if all of Bob Ross's paintings were just sites where he buried a body? What the fuck? And like that happy little accident. Oh no! Was like a marking. Uh, can you fucking imagine? Like where he it was buried all, Sharon? Yeah, because it was always Fuck. in a forest or off a fucking lake. <laughs> you know, like what oh, if Bob man. Ross was a like the most brilliant serial killer of all time. Straight advertising, like <laughs> beloved by literally everybody. Be fucking insane. I forgot. Like I remember watching him when I was a kid. But I forgot, like, all the stuff that came flooding back when I was watching the episodes whole a couple days ago. The uh, the little roll on the knife, remember he'd always cut yeah. the little oil and he'd, he'd turn it over and show you the little roll so he can do his little fucking mountains. And, you know, what are we going to do right here? What, what can we put here? Yeah, let's just do, yeah. Yeah, because this is you. This is us. No wrong answers. It's our world. It's right. like you don't want to watch. You don't want to be part of this guy's day. You, this isn't the attitude you want around. Fuck out of here, man. And you come to fucking learn that's like Timmy's mom's burial site. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Bob, no. So he had like twenty seasons of this shit. Yeah, fucking forever. Like I remember watching that shit when I was a kid. But um, so Brian isn't here. No, Brian. But. Is he texting relentlessly about AEW? God. Every fucking Wednesday, we tell this asshole, we don't watch it live, man. We don't have, like, the TNT thing, so we, like, catch it just later, the clips on YouTube or whatever. And he, like, live tweets. (laughs) But not tweets. He live text text messages us everything that happens on the show. So earlier today, (laughs) Tony Khan promised that at the end of the show something was going to happen that changed the landscape of wrestling right hyperbole perhaps do you know what it is yes do you know yes is it cool no you're an asshole though it might be cool don't listen to him it might be cool so um Brian all day speculating on what it could be. He even suggested Brock to AEW. It's like the fucking the, Brian's a shitty guesser. He's the worst. The guy that thinks fucking Little Wayne is the goat is <laughs> the fucking worst. Um, he actually wants to rescind that. What, what did he come up with after uh, thinking about it? More? LL, said cool LL Cool J. J. 
Much better answer, in my estimation, than Lil Wayne. <laughs> so, so what's this AEW um, jazz? I got interested. I tuned in to the you know I, I, I found a streaming site. Was watching the end of Dynamite. Um, the main event was a dope ass match <clears throat> between uh, Pentagon and Phoenix. Fuck! I missed their pay per view match. Um, great. <laughs> so the match ends, right? Eddie Kingston's in the ring cutting a promo, and out comes Pac. Which, cool, you know. Um, did he beat Dean? Huh? Did Eddie not Dean? Did Eddie beat John? No. Okay. So Pac comes out. Right? And it's like... Like, it's past 8 o'clock. And I think they go to, like, 8.05. You know that weird fucking Turner thing? Um, I like it, though. Me too. Um, And I'm like... I'm keeping my eye on the time. I'm like, okay. Okay, it's Pac. And, like, Pac and Eddie are... Kind of doing the pull-apart thing with, like, refs in between them. Yeah. You know, uh, and then dynamite ended, and I was like, huh. I was like, huh? I was like, Tony Khan is a motherfucking liar, and let me just read you a text from your fun uncle Brian. Jeez. So, his texts are legendary. It's look, look, all this, all this is just Brian with nobody. Like he's just talking to himself. <laughs> no response. I'll be at work all day, and there'll just be a string of shit. <laughs> Let's see where I can find it. He says Tony is playing chess, right? Um. Oh, <laughs> the idea of what wrestling is is changing before our eyes, folks. It's like he's so dramatic. Like he's got Khan's dick so uh. far down his throat. It's fucking annoying. Like, uh, don't get me wrong. I love, I love fucking. Pac, fucking Neville, whatever you want to fucking call him. Yeah. Great fucking wrestler. But he is not somebody who's going to change the landscape of wrestling at all. And Pac versus Eddie Kingston, like, yeah, yeah it's a seems like a cool matchup. It's not a fucking dream match. It's not something that like, oh my god, I have to see. So changing the landscape of wrestling was just putting together a match between Pac and Eddie Kingston? Yeah, I guess so. Or just, mm. you know, like the re... Like, you know, or just Pac being back in the United States um, after being in the UK quarantined or whatever. But... I don't know. To me, it was just... Disappointing 
um, had Tony Khan mentioned, you know, maybe it'll change the complexity of AEW. <laughs> okay, cool. I can see that. You know, because Pac can slide right back into that main event mix if he wants to. You know, but to say it about wrestling, it was, it was stupid. See <sighs> so, you know, AEW. What else? Is there any other wrestling stuff? No, well, I mean, NXT was today. I didn't get to see any of it. I was just so interested. I mean, I. I you bit. Fa- yes, I bit. And I understand Tony Khan is just a promoter who wants people to watch his fucking show. And, uh, yeah, like I, 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 I took the bait, you know. Good but, job, TK. But that's also the reason why I won't tune in fucking next week. <laughs> <laughs> Little fucking boy cry wolf action. Yeah. That's funny. But, uh,. We'll see what happens with that. Um, I think Survivor Series is next or this weekend or next weekend, something like that. Honestly, I've only been the only things I've been like stoked and looking forward to at wrestling is uh, all the new Undertaker shit that they put on every Sunday. What new Broken Skull Ranch. They Do just had the uh, what was the last one? They put something up about Paul Bearer. Mm. We haven't watched it yet. I want to watch that. Paul Bear scared the fuck out of me when I was a kid, man. It's creepy. That's creepy. That fucking laugh, dude. Yeah. Ugh, hell no. Percy. No, man. I don't play that shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I always love NXT. I'm not as interested as I normally am, I guess. What was the last big one? Well, Walter. Oh, Walter against Lily Dragunov? Dra- yeah. That I mean, was, fucking... That was Brian's not here. We can fucking talk about that shit. That was fucking amazing. Badass, man. Like, it was It was more... Like, it was less pro wrestling, more sport. Fucking ass-kicking, bro. Fucking, it was a fight. <laughs> we talk about that. Like, there's some wrestling matches you can put on at a bar. At a sports bar. And a lot of the guy... You know, the men in the room... Having their meal and their beer, they're not going to be too upset that that's taking space on the TV. Some of them are that physical and that, like, believable, so to speak. And, fuck, that was one of them. Those slaps, I was like, bro, (laughs) stop it. Yeah. Like, wrestling Walter seems like wrestling fucking Super Dragon, where I see some of the clips and I'm like, I'd have to kick his ass, like, in the back, dude. (laughs) Yeah, I'll, I'll go with the show. I'm a businessman, so... I'll do I'll do the work, but like we'd have we we would have a conversation after this match. Like, hey, dude, don't ever <laughs> fucking do that again. Dude. That I'll conversation would start. Ass. What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> dude, don't ever do that again, dude. I'll leave you where I fucking find you, bro. That is not okay. That shit. <laughs> Walter, I fucking love Walter. I'm a huge Walter fan. Yeah, um, I like I like Ilya Dragunov the more I see, the more I see of him. Like his match, uh, was it early this year against Finn? Well, that was a bummer because you, you heard, you could tell that no one in that fucking arena knew who he yeah. was. They Fuck. thought they, they thought Finn was just taking on some like fucking jobber, and yeah. he was like, "Bro, you guys don't even know who that is." That's Fuck and it was a great match. In Portland that was in that fucking crowd 
chanting who are you to fucking Ilya Dragunov when NXT is supposed to be like this fucking smart mark crowd and you didn't know who fucking Ilya Dragunov was like fuck you I mean the fuck you speech that Kevin Owens had to the NXT crowd when they first went to Brooklyn for a pay-per-view like the first kind of production they put on that wasn't part of Full Sail and he was like putting it on the crowd, dude. Like, yeah. fuck like, you guys. Stop you, his promo. Yeah, to cut a promo. To shit on yeah, yeah, on the NXT crowd. Like that. That the content of that of that promo still makes sense today. It's like you guys. Uh, the uh, NXT. I don't know if we mentioned it on the podcast, but there there is a there's a visual difference to the cameraman. To the guys who do the photography and the uh, the camera work for NXT UK, it's better. Yeah, it's better. Just watch that. If you've you've never put on NXT UK ever again, treat yourself to that match, and and then put on whatever current NXT show just came on, and and tell me you don't see a difference in right. the style. You can tell just by like one has in. In forties, in, in like a minute, we'll have like four camera cuts. The other one will have like sixty. Or I think there needs to be like a revolution. I mean, WWE is supposed to be like that. You know, they are the heavyweights of, you know, producing a wrestling show. But I swear their truck makes mistakes in the cuts where it's like, have you ever watched a match? Like, there are sequences that are still like elementary you know what i mean like this is what's gonna happen he's gonna throw him in the fucking corner he's gonna get you know what i mean like there's just one two threes that happen where you're like but they cut away from it and it's like why would you cut away yeah. from that i'm old school dude i, I think i think matches should be 80 percent fucking hard cam to be honest some of the gnarly shit some of the stunts you see they try to They're, get like these action angles and it's like that would have looked way sicker on the fucking hard cam cuz yeah. you would have just seen the guy fucking honk fly over that top rope like you didn't have They're to They're more get interested that guy. in like cutting to like somebody in the crowd to get their fucking reaction. That bothers me the most. Dude. Yeah, that's a little separate from what I was talking about, but yeah, that's for sure something that happens where I'm like why the fuck would you cut to the crowd right now? Dude? And a like, lot of times it's like to a chick that looks bored as fuck. I don't understand it. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like some of the truck work, you know, maybe I'm talking out of turn. I don't know who's responsible for these decisions or maybe I'm overlooking something, but I've thought about it plenty. And it's like, no, these are just like mistakes, dude. Like, why would you do it that way? That doesn't make sense to me. The, um... But I did, there was something noticeably different about how NXT UK in these quarantine shows. Like, they're, they're, whoever holds the fucking camera on the side of the ring for that, guy, for that show is the shit. Find that guy. You know, like, sometimes, like, I feel bad for as much as I shit about, or shit on AEW. But at the same time, it's like, I shouldn't have to lower my standards of what, like, good television wrestling is. They, they just need to fucking do something that hooks me. They really haven't done that. And I was thinking earlier, it's like, you know who AEW could benefit from 
like not only just to have on their roster, but like to fucking help teach people. Fucking this guy right here. I'm wearing this fucking shirt. Chris Hero. Oh man. Like he hasn't done anything since he got released. I mean, there's 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 independent shows like going on all the time now, you know, and he hasn't popped up anywhere. So I don't know if he's like. If he was just furloughed and he's just waiting to be God, called back. That guy, when you hear him talking about how to build a match, it's like, I just mentioned it, how there's sequences. There's parts of wrestling that are just fundamental. They're just elementary. You see you see, the, you see the spot start. You know how it's going to go. He understands all those rhythms and all those, like, you know obvious sequences and he knows how to break those up and make like the smart mark wrestling fan go oh shit that was it that's why those pwg matches are always the shit because they follow the formula but they deviate just enough and creatively enough where you're like fuck that was it like it brings a little spark out of you where you're like i didn't see that coming that was sick like chris hero is amazing at that he's such a to me it, you know, we were talking earlier about like that healthy tension of like political leanings and you know different natures, a conservative or liberal nature. But I think within Chris Hero and his wrestling IQ is like that perfect combination where he's he's a purist. He's he he understands and relishes and respects the tradition, but he also has the bandwidth and you know the knowledge to be like progressive. Yeah. Like that's that that's where brilliance is, dude, where it's like you know, he learned how to dribble with his fuck with left and right hands, and then he learned around the back, then he learned to like he did all of it properly. He learned the fundamentals, then he learned that like he's earned such a space where he should be given some free reign creative like I think you're right, dude. AEW should definitely scoop him up and be like, yo, what do you think, dude? Like help. All avenues, whatever you're comfortable giving us advice about. What do you think, dude? When we build matches, like what the producer, what what's the agent? Yeah. What what's the position? Like a guy like Chris Hero is, is he's fucking brilliant, man. He really is. He's he's sort of like not like, he he's sort of like um, how like Donald Cerrone and Frankie Edgar are like your favorite fighters, favorite fighter. Yeah. Chris Hero is your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler. Yeah, it's it's probably you're gonna be hard pressed to find a wrestler talk shit about Chris Hero. That's for sure. I mean, I've fucking do. We've gone to all those shows. I've watched him interact with like fans and like like his humble nature. Oh, like just the best human being. It's not. Yeah, it's not. It's not projected. And I have a respect, dude. Like, listen, dude. If you're doing the right thing, but I can tell you're full of shit doing the right thing, that it's not really you. Like Johnny Bones Jones gets a bit of that beef where it's like, you know, he's doing, he's playing the good guy character, but it's not organic. It's not authentic to your nature. Like, if you're still pressing to be a good person, dude, you're. I'm fucking cool with you. But Chris Hero's projection of the good character, it's not fucking fake. He's that humble. He's that excited to see you. He's that happy that you're buying a shirt for him. He's that excited that there's a line around the building for whatever show he's at. Like, he, I don't, I'm a fucking huge fan of Chris Hero, dude. And 
like I said, I listen to his little interviews and I've watched his work, and I think he's valuable talent wise, agent, producer, whatever the fuck, dude. Plug him in. He's got a brain for it where it's like just get him involved, man. Just just looking at his at his match um, that he had at PWG with uh, with Speedball Mike Bailey. <sighs> like here's a fuck here's a new kid like new. You know, to PWG. Not in shape. No boots. Has a ridiculous fucking, like, his gimmick is goofy as hell. But it, it's such indie wrestling gold. And, yeah. and Chris, the, the match they put together, it was just like, dude, this is... He made him oh, look my favorite like thing about wrestling, bucks. man. Like, made him look credible while still looking like the underdog. Like hero is. is you walked away from that match and go, damn dog, Mike Bailey might fucking he could pull it off. Yeah, like that guy. Like ah man, he doesn't have that look. He doesn't. And I'm not talking shit about the man. Speedball's the fucking man. I wish he got his paperwork fucking right the first time around. Next year, woo. Fuck me, man. Get it together, bro. Miss you, dude. The. uh yeah, he's great. I love his shit. And yeah, Chris Hero was a big part of building my uh, appreciation. Yeah, appreciation for Mike Bailey was, was that match. He had one with Roddy. The Roddy one him was and Roddy good too, was man. Really him good. and Roddy was him the and shit. Roddy. Him and Zach. Like, he's got matches, bro. Like just find those matches, dude. Those three matches, find those. Not even in full. Just watch the. Uh, the PWG previews and whatever clips they have of those three matches and be Hero, like, yo, man, he gets it. Hero and, and Tommy End and Tommy End's PWG debut. Like, the first time I ever saw Trevor Lee. Well, who, what's his fucking Cameron? Cameron Graves! Cameron Graves. To the moon! Fuck me. <laughs> uh, we can do a whole episode on that fucking guy. Right. I don't know what to do. But Chris Hero is the fucking man. Like, the who's, man. Who's your hero? Chris Hero. Chris fucking Hero. Like if you if you go on my Instagram uh, at zombie x zero m b y, there is a picture of my niece holding a large plush uh, Chris Hero while she's wearing her fucking dance outfit. By the way, you can see her cute little fucking tutu. Um, she's holding on to the fucking Chris Hero plushie, and that picture is autographed by Chris fucking Hero. If you go onto my Twitter. At zombie, that's X zero M B Y. Uh, you can look at my pin tweet. It's my it's said niece Bobby Jane singing Chris Hero's song. Chris is awesome. Favorite clips of her man. Yeah, her little face, dude. Yeah, ah, I miss her when she. Who's your hero? Who's hero? With her day yeah, ass, she's butchering all the R's. Right. Um, Slabo Inanako. <laughs> Uh, Her dumb face at the end. Uh, she's all proud of herself. She, right. she nailed it. Right. You know how it feels when you get a song right. You're right. Like, oh. like, like when you when you fucking nail that fucking bust a verse. Oh yeah, I was getting both thugs in harmony. <laughs> when you fucking get that busy bone right, right. you're like, she's oh, like, got it. I'm brilliant. <laughs> uh, That's anyway. super funny. Um, before we head out, uh, today is Veterans Day. Woo! Uh, so just want to thank uh, all the uh, veterans out there. If you're a veteran and, and you listen to the podcast, um, thank you for not only listening, but thank you for your service. 
And uh, we here at Fun Uncle uh, appreciate you a lot. Yes, like more you know, more than 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 you know. Like I coming out of high school um, was recruited by the Navy because I did well on my ASVAB test. Uh, was going to be in naval intelligence. Um, so I was down, you know, like I was like, cool. Like that sounds fucking awesome. Naval intelligence. Um, but the fucking recruiter, like at the last minute was like, we're all set. We just need you to lose, you know, 15 more pounds. Keep in mind, I was 18. When I was 18, I was a fucking stud. Um, (laughs) not only that, I don't have the fucking, at the time I was maybe one, 185, 190, around there. Um, so for me to lose weight, like, I just, I don't have the fucking frame to be that fucking small. Um, Thanks, sir. This is just a number that's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, so I didn't, I was like, you, you want me, I was like, I, it just, it, I didn't get it. Like, I was, I was disappointed because, um, even though that wasn't something I set out to do, once I knew that they wanted me, like they actively recruited me, I was like so down, and 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 like thankful that they would even like consider me. Um. So, you know, I, I do have a, a, an appreciation to uh, the men and women that have served in our military. I have. Friends that have served in our military. <laughs> Fucking cousin, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, my nephew Gavin, he's a, uh, uh, or was in the Air Force. I think he's, I think he's out, like fully out now. Yeah. Um, Little killer. I, <laughs> I've mentioned to you before, like my former uh, Marine employee at GameStop who, when I was going to let him go, Offered to get me, uh, Norcos, fuck, man. like an endless supply of Norcos to let him keep his job. So I let him work for me for twelve hours a week, as he got me fucking like ninety Norcos every fucking week. I don't, I'm I'm sorry, brother. I don't even remember your name. <laughs> I I want to say it was Chris. But I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure. But that's just because I'm a fucking asshole, and you know, I'm sorry that I kind of took advantage of you, but you suggested it. So, a good business is good business. Yeah. If you're happy with it, I'm happy with it. Exactly. Okay. You got to work. I got the fucking. I got the Norcos. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, we'll see you guys next week. Um, Double digits. Yeah. In, in that that big 1-0. But uh, we'll catch you guys on the flip side. Peace. Bye.